Well, my name is Dan Jarvis, and I'm glad to see you here today. Uh, we have a special treat today. Sometimes we take a segment of our service, and we call it a go segment, where we talk to someone who, in, in some unique way, is advancing God's kingdom just out of their life, out of their gifting, out of their career, wherever God has them. And the reason I'm so excited about today is that I think it's been like two years trying to get this to work out. Uh, my mentor, one of my mentors, John Dreyer, is here. Uh, from the uh, Chicagoland area, officially not Chicago, but a little off to the side. And uh, John, you can come on up. I, I want to talk to you and introduce you to all my friends here. Um, John and I have known each other for, I don't know, since at least 2013 or so, maybe 2012. Something uh, like yeah, that, have yeah. A seat. You bet. And uh, John, um, John and I got to work together in a mission agency called India Gospel League um, on the U.S. side of that agency. And over the course of time, just gotten to know him in many different respects. And I would say in the context of our relationship at India Gospel League, just kind of started to mentor me personally a little bit as well. I got to learn a lot from your range of experience um, as a businessman, as a family man, uh, and as one who's really circled the world multiple times, uh, trying to make people effective, whether that was corporations or ministries. And uh, so I just wanted to Take a few minutes and talk about that today. Thanks, Dan. So, yeah, uh, maybe you could start by introducing your wife, your family, a little bit more about where you're from. You bet. So uh, my wife, Ann, my high school sweetheart, we've been married, we'll be in November, 39 years. She was seven. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have three sons. Uh, they're all grown and we've moved and didn't leave the forwarding address for them. They can't come back, <laughs> but uh, they're, they're productive doing their things, uh, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but uh, we moved to Chicago in 1996 from Seattle. Uh, we were there for three years, and we didn't find our way back, so we've still been in Chicago much to my wife's chagrin, but there you go. Yeah, so I mean, when Jill was talking about road rage, for you, you were just thinking, man, that's like Sunday afternoon, that's the church parking lot in Chicago, right? So, yeah. Well, um, so when, uh, there's a lot that, I mean, I, I have this long relationship with John, he's taught me so many things, and I, to me, the hardest part about doing this today is, of all the things we could talk about, what do we talk about? So I asked John, you know, hey, what, you have any input? This is what he sent me as an outline for this interview time. Um, so I don't think we're going to hit every line item here. Um, this is a mind mapping software that he uses in his work um, to kind of start with a central concept and then start breaking down thinking and just kind of helps people get clarity about, you know, what's real, what the priorities need to be. And so, John, I'm going to do the best I can to cover like two of those things in the next couple of minutes. Uh, but, uh, but, and there's, there's a lot there, so we'll, we'll get to it. I wanted to start with your kind of, you know, We'll do a little of your biography before we get into the, the message of this. And I'll give you a preview of the message. The message is that if you decide to be intentional with your life, God can use you in ways that you don't expect. And he might even use your professional skills in ways that you don't expect. And, uh, and so I think John is just an inspiration on that front. We'll get to that, all right? So um, here we go. Starting with your early life, um, you, you obviously must have been a football player somewhere, so maybe you could start there and tell us what happened. Sure. So uh, that, that's my senior prom, <laughs> and that's Anne. 
Um, and then uh, the upper left, uh, that's Ann and I, when I used to play offensive guard for Washington State uh, out in Pac-12. And then um, that's a younger time for us with our three sons who are now grown and click to the next one. Uh, the one on the right is uh, at a wedding for our niece and then, uh, you know, the Cubs with the uh, World Series, we went to game four and, and then uh, some Packer uh, memorabilia up, up in uh, Lambeau for when the Bears and the Packers were playing on Christmas Day. So. We, uh, we've had a lot of fun raising our kids. And uh, Dan, if you could go two clicks back. Sure. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to that mind map. Um, See, this what, wasn't a joke. This yeah. is really how he thinks. So here we yeah. go. Yeah. It's uh, what I want to point out is the outline for the talk is on the right, uh, or on the left, on the left. And, and what it is, uh, the upper right, is my business career, and the lower right is what I've done ministry-wise. And that's, that's something that, um, I think that that's something that God gave me a vision for very early on. And it's, you can have a career in business. In fact, there's a book that I read early on, early 80s. And it's called Secular Work is Full-Time Service. And written by a guy by the name of Larry Peabody. It's out of print now. Um, but the idea was that it's not ministry or secular work. It's both. And it's both all over the place. And the thing is, is that the gifting that you get in business is very different from the gifting that is, and, and the skills that are built by Christian ministries, including churches. And so the thing is, is there's a lot of crossover opportunities. And that's the kind of thing that we're going to hit today, is yeah. we're going to talk about the crossover opportunities. So uh, the bottom right is all of those crossover opportunities just in general. Yeah, so maybe just, just for framing, tell us about your, your core career, your company, as it stands today. You bet. So I, I graduated college in 84 uh, and had a succession of banking jobs, sales jobs, and uh, started my first company in 99, sold that one in 2010, and bought the one that I have now. Um, the company that I have now is a global consulting firm. We have about 170 employees, and we have been in 90 countries helping large companies implement very niche procurement software. So one of our customers is a money center bank. They get a million invoices a month. How do you know which ones to pay? <laughs> so what we do is we help them build the policies, the procedures, and, and the processes to use the software to allow them to pay those million invoices a month. And that's the type of work that we do. So it's, it's very specific, but it's, uh, it's allowed us to uh, work with everything from the largest uh, corporations on the planet to the large NGOs. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's been fun. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how we first connected. I'll jump forward here to some faces you might recognize. A lot of you met Sam Stevens. Uh, that he, he, he's been here on this stage before. 
that's John and Sam there in India at Sam's headquarters. And this is how, when we connected, it was my first board meeting. I had joined the board of directors of Sam's ministry, India Gospel League. I was all excited about the vision and mission and all this, head to Wichita for this board meeting. And John is there in a consulting role to to basically give the board a, what you call a come-to-Jesus moment. <laughs> it was pretty serious stuff, and I was like, whoa, what did I get into? In fact, really, the first time I met John, I really didn't like you. Like, I mean, it was, um, and, and I, you know, I don't know if anybody else in that room liked you either. Uh, but the, uh, the good news is what you did there really did help the ministry grow in effectiveness to the point where you ended up then joining the team and as a volunteer, kind of being a leader of the U.S. staff of the ministry for a few years. Yeah, and that was um, the first thing I did when I joined India Gospel League as their VP of uh, U.S. operations is I fired the <laughs> top two people. <laughs> and, 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 and that's the that's type of thing that you need to do to make things change. And... Not, not that those, you know, you don't always fire the top two people. What you do is you try to look for where are things not being led. And that's something that as marketplace leaders, and there's, I'm sure, a number of marketplace leaders in this, in this room, that's the gifting that you have that you can cross over and help ministries realize things. Now, the thing is, is that that wasn't day one of my time with the organization. What I did is I did a lot of interviewing, a lot of working with uh, Sam and with Dan, and, and then that decision was made. But the thing is, is that the gifting and the skill sets of the marketplace leaders are significantly different because Dan, as, as you said the last hour, um, they don't teach you that in seminary. Right. I mean, in, in seminary, you don't, you don't show up at the class that's called results-oriented accountability. <laughs> um, you know, you're, you're learning the Bible, which is wonderful and powerful, but when it comes to actually managing the operations or making an organization effective, there's not really a lot of training that most ministry leaders have on that, which is why we need people like John in our lives to kind of help us drive, even when it's uncomfortable, drive at the right, uh, the right outcomes and hold people accountable for those. So, so you've done this for more than India Gospel League. Um, in the context of your company, uh, you also have been a consultant for World Vision around the world, Zambia, Bangladesh, a few other places. So maybe you could fill in a few blanks, tell us how that, how that went. It, it was a lot of fun. So um, World Vision was looking to implement procurement software Primarily, and this was something that we discovered, they thought they were going to do that mainly for saving money, but that's not what they really needed to do. So I, uh, they had failed in their first implementation of this software that our company does a lot of work with. And um, I told the leader of that program, uh, Dale, he's a friend of mine now, and I said, Dale, I need to get your executives together. So we got them together in Seattle, and we had a similar session to what we had at the board meeting at Indy Gospel League. And um, I told them that the reason they had the failing of their first implementation was because of the people in the room. And that was not well received, but... We, we, we started to pull it out, and uh, what we ended up doing is we ended up 
getting them thinking about what they really needed to do. They needed to be able to track where a dollar comes in and where it gets spent. Not so much about saving money, but where does the dollar come in and where does it get spent so that they can report back to major donors, to government agencies, and that type of thing, what they, where they spent their money. And once we got that big picture figured out, then we got their audit team and their accounting team involved, the leadership of that organization. So what we ended up doing when it was all said and done, we implemented the, the procurement software in 63rd world countries where I had a chance to go to a number of those myself. Um, but we took a lot of cost out of the organization. They no longer had to travel to do audits. They could just do them from headquarters. And now it was all digital. And, and that's the kind of thing that we can do as marketplace leaders for Christian ministries. Yeah, and I mean, if you were going to just sum up in like one sentence, why is that important? You know, you go through all the work of trying to press a ministry to be more effective to get better results, use their resources more wisely. Why? So, the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's really the whole point, is, is that the, the opportunity that we have, if, if a Christian ministry is more effective and more involved, then that's going to bring the kingdom. And that's really the whole point, is that we want the people that we support to actually be good at their jobs. And we want those organizations to be effective in building the kingdom. And so that's, that's, the, that's the big point. Yeah, great. All right, hey, there was, there's one like uh, crazy extra story that, that was on this, this slide with India Gospel League, where there you are pointing at another mind map uh, so everywhere in the world, you take however that you think that's helpful. You're taking it everywhere. So what were you mind mapping in that picture? So um, we were mind mapping how to build commerce in rural India. And, and the idea is that Sam Stevens said, I, I'm tired of doing microloans for, for um, sewing machines, John, is there something else that we can do? So we mind mapped and we had a number of Sam's executives in the room and we were talking about what, what does India need? Well, it needs protein. So we came up with a chicken factory. You know, I said, so what are the things that only India Gospel League can do? Well, they can bring vaccines to the chicks. They can bring microloans to, to allow villagers to be able to purchase chicks. And so we, we put a whole program together um, that allowed us to, um, to do that. And, and, and some things you discover, two things I'll share. Uh, one is, is that if you're going to have a chicken coop in India, you've got to have a turkey. You might wonder why. It's because it keeps the cobra out of the chicken coop. <laughs> I don't think you have that problem here in Michigan. <laughs> no cobras, right? And so one fun fact, uh, I, was, I was doing this brainstorming, you know, this is, the, the mind mapping is a, is a brainstorming tool, and uh, all of a sudden I lost the attention of the people in the room, and I was like, okay, this is st stupid, what's going on? Oh, okay. 
there's a monkey on the windowsill. Everybody go look at the monkey. <laughs> Eyes back up here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yep. Okay. So um, the next story, this kind of brings it a little closer to home, uh, things John's involved in and, and Anne as well. Um, so tell us about this building uh, not too far from where you live. Yeah. So this is in Aurora, Illinois. That is uh, a 22,000 square foot Planned Parenthood. When it was built in 2008, they came in with a shell company and uh, started building that medical office building. And then they started getting contractors were going, wait a minute, why are we getting bulletproof glass? And so then the, you know, the mask was pulled off of Planned Parenthood and there was a lot of protests, but they ended up building that. And that was the largest Planned Parenthood on the planet at the time. It's now the third largest. Um, they perform 450 abortions a month at that facility. And so the vacant lot that you're looking at right now, that was where there was an annual prayer vigil. And Ann and I drove down to Aurora's probably over an hour from our house, but we went down there just to pray. And um, I'm also involved with another organization called Pinnacle Forum, and that was uh, something started by Bill Bright, who uh, you know started uh, Campus Crusade for Christ or Crew. Uh, but he he said, I want to get business people involved in what he called the Seven Mountains of Culture, and and so that's what that organization does: is it gets business people, marketplace leaders involved in helping change things. And so this was a great story of Pinnacle Forum because. That empty lot was owned by Safeway. There, there was a Dominix next there. You know, and so Safeway exited Illinois, and one of my developer buddies bought all the outlots from Safeway. So he found out, oh, I own the lot next to Planned Parenthood. So he sends out an email December 2017, hey, you guys are going to help Waterleaf purchase this lot. <laughs> and so... So a number of us got involved, and we helped them close that deal. And then uh, Ann and I and Steve met with the executive director for Waterleaf, and Kelly met with us, and, and I said, okay, so what budget does your board have to uh, put up a building? And she let me know, and I said, no, that's, that's not going to be sufficient. We want a signature statement building right next to Planned Parenthood. And so... And just to fill in a blank, Waterleaf is like a crisis ah, Yeah, I'm center, sorry, it's a crisis Kind of giving center. people an alternative to abortion and walking them through. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I apologize. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, we ended up raising $3.5 million in 14 months and put that building up. And it is stunningly gorgeous. It's gorgeous inside. The uh, lady who uh, designed Chip and, Chip and Jojo, is that it? Okay, got to look at my wife to know that. She, she designed Chip and Jojo's uh, New York store. And uh, she got connected in and she did all of the interior of that. And it is stunningly gorgeous. And, and what women do is they walk in there. Think about that. You could go to the fortress 
right next door, or you can come to this place that welcomes you and loves you. And that's, that's something that wouldn't exist absent marketplace people being involved. So the thing is, is that that's the opportunity that we have. You know, Dan and I were talking about it. It's kind of like my side hustle, right? You know, side hustle is you have your main job, but then you do something on the side to make some money for your family or whatever. Now, this is, this is really Sermon on the Mount stuff. Store up treasure in heaven. You know, and that's, that's the heart, is to make sure that as we're doing our daily routine, let's look for opportunities to support the ministries that very much need our help. Yeah. So the question on the screen there, you know, Lord, how do you want me to maximize my life? All, all of us start from a different place, different gifts, different network, different resources, but all of us are called to put to use what God gives us uh, for the kingdom. And one of the things I've appreciated about John is ever since you know, 2012 or so, 2013, whenever you were in that VP role for India Gospel League, uh, as I was, I was a writer for them, so I kind of came up underneath John, and I got to have an every other week phone call with you, which I didn't always look forward to because that was also my accountability call to get work done. But, uh, but along the way, just you'd share a lot of wisdom, uh, some of the challenges even that you'd face in some of these other, you know, other venues, other situations. And, um, and I would say that some of what you've taught me I've, I've been able and, and have, you know, try to apply to my life. And actually, a lot of the messaging that you hear at BCBC, um, some of that kind of originated in some of these conversations of thinking about how do we really get effective for the kingdom, not waste the lives we're given, but maximize them. And uh, so the challenge of this Go segment, the challenge to you, um, is to not, not do what John's doing, uh, but to do what God is calling you to do. And, and maybe to expand your horizons a little bit, to recognize it's not a binary choice, you know, be ministry, do ministry or do business. Uh, it might be that God wants you to, in your business, uh, to start thinking ministry. It might be that the things that you already have in front of you could be leveraged for the kingdom in ways you've never thought to do so before. And you just ask God, Lord, how do I, how do I get started with this? Mm. So John, I want to give you the last word on two fronts. Um, one is to talk to the younger people in the room, uh, teens or people who are new in their career. Just if they wanted to live an intentional, effective life, how should they start thinking about that now? And then, and then also, if you just want to challenge uh, those in the room who, who might be in leadership positions or own businesses or be at a place in their life where they have options in front of them, you know, how, how could they maximize the opportunities that they have for the kingdom? Where should they start? That's great, Dan. So to the, uh, the younger folks, I became a Christian in 1982. Uh, I was a junior in college. And uh, once I went through all of the Bible studies and everything else, Ann and I got married in 82 and then graduated in 84. And the first place we went to, we just taught fifth grade Sunday school. You know, the thing is, is that the biggest thing is to just get started. You know, so the younger people, what I would just say is volunteer, do something. Even if, even if it's, it's a short-term thing or you could even take on a Sunday school class. Just get, get, get started. And then 
when we moved to uh, Seattle in 85 or 86, we got involved taking our young marriage class down to the, India, or the Union Gospel Mission homeless shelter, women and family shelter, and just started painting and leading Bible studies. Just things like that that are simple to start and doesn't take a lot of deep skills. That's the most important thing is just start living your life in a way that allows you to make sure that you are being intentional about kingdom building. And then for the folks that are longer toothed. Business leaders. And, yeah, uh, those yeah. folks. Um, I think the biggest thing is to accurately assess what kinds of skills you have and then start networking. You know, that, that's, that's what I've done is I've always put out the feelers of, hey, what, who needs help and why? And, and if I, my skills apply to that, I jump in. If my skills don't apply to that, I don't jump in. But the thing is, is that don't assume that you have all the answers, but don't assume that you don't have capabilities that Christian ministries desperately need, because they do. I, it, it's, it's something that, as you noticed, I have a much longer resume on my Christian ministry side than I do on my business side, and it's because I've had a lot of opportunity to work with a number of organizations, and the, they've become friends, and, and they've become more effective in their mission. And so the finance background, the organizational background, the marketing background, all those things apply. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thanks for spending some time. I wish there was more time. There's more stories for another time, I guess. But why don't we pray? And, uh, and I just want us in prayer to ask the Lord this question together. All right? Lord, we do want to maximize our lives. Thank you for John and Ann Dreyer and just the journey that you've had them on for a number of years now, serving you, finding opportunities all over the world to make an impact. And Lord, we recognize that you call every one of us to live our lives with intentionality, to think not just about ourselves and our survival, but to think about the mission that we are on and the eternal purposes that we're about. So I pray that... Lord, if there are some, some of us in the room today that need to be challenged to step up or step forward or take a next step, uh, that you would make that clear to us, Lord, that we would have the courage to move forward. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.